Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a body image and food freedom coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, love their bodies, feel confident AF, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I hope you're having a beautiful morning or afternoon or evening or whatever time it is where you are. I have had a beautiful morning, to be honest. Uh, I say I've had a beautiful morning. It's only 7.30, but I've had a beautiful morning so far. I did an Instagram live the other day about how I am doing a bit of a, I think what past me would have called a reset, but for me, it's just coming back to myself with where I'm at at the moment, coming back to myself, coming back to what makes me feel good, coming back to some of the healthy habits that I know that I need in my life. So this morning I made sure that I got up, I did my morning routine of journaling, of meditating, because those two things are just amazing for my mental health. They work so well for me. And then I did some yoga. Now you might've heard me on the episode with Eleanor the other week talking about how I really need to get into yoga. And this morning I finally did it. And it was amazing. It felt, I was going to say it felt really good. It also felt really painful because my body is not stretchy, which is why I need to do some yoga because my body is not stretchy. It hurt a little bit, but it was really nice. It felt really good. And it made me remember I was actually doing yoga quite a bit in the, well, half a day, I think (laughs) that Tasmania was in lockdown. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but compared to everyone else, it was practically half a day and it made me feel really good then. But once, you know, we were allowed out and we're allowed back to gyms and I went back to F45, I just kind of let it slip. So I'm back to it. I've done it once. It's officially going to happen more often because it felt really good and I really liked it. And then it's a really beautiful morning. It is officially spring. Spring is in the air. I just went for a little walk down my street. I live right on the river. So it is a beautiful, beautiful morning out there. And I saw dolphins and I saw seals playing in the river and honestly, just best morning ever. And now I get to record a podcast, which I love. Okay, enough of me giving you life updates. Let's get into it today. So if you're not an intuitive eater yet, but you're still listening to this podcast, I'm going to tip that the thing holding you back is fear that if you were allowed to eat everything, you would eat everything and that you'd never stop. And girl, same. That is what held me back from being an intuitive eater once I learned about it. Because back when I was really stuck in diet culture, I was stuck in doing every diet under the sun and just, you know, trying everything, trying to find the best solution. I actually came across intuitive eating. I ignored intuitive eating for a while before, you know, I realized, got hit in the face with an eating disorder and went, you know what? This is probably something I should actually give a go. But every time I heard about it, I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. But like, I could never do that because I love food too much and I will eat everything under the sun if I'm allowed to eat everything. So that clearly only works for those 
classic Instagram wellness gurus who are a size six and tanned and blonde. That's who it works for. Doesn't work for me because I am the type of person who just cannot be around anything with sugar or fat or fried or anything without just demolishing it. But here's the thing. Untrue. Not true, basically. (laughs) And I think a lot of people have that thought. And here's the thing. You are not the special little snowflake that this is not going to work for. I'm telling you now, because I I mean, I don't like saying if I can do it, you can do it. Cause that feels like a real, I don't know, infomercial type thing, but realistically everyone has this thought and you're probably not the special one that this is actually isn't true for. And I say that with love, but it's a bit of tough love because I've had many clients say that to me and then now they're intuitive eaters. So I've got a whole lot of evidence that says that is not true. And it's probably not the case for you either. So in this episode, I'm going to explain to you why leaning into overeating is absolutely essential to becoming an intuitive eater, plus four other factors that are going to get you to that intuitive eating paradise. And now I also want to chat about how to get to like the balance part of being an intuitive eater, because I think that goes hand in hand with the overeating chat. And I know that that's what so many people want. They're like, I just want the balance. I want to be able to eat with balance and nourish my body but I'm scared of the overeating and the eating everything in the pantry. And yeah, that's cool. Basically, we're going to get there. So hang around, listen to the episode. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the idea of quitting dieting, being giving up. Now, a little while ago, I did some market research calls for something new that I'm developing. And this is something that came up quite a bit. I had quite a few people use that language, say, you know, I'm trying to quit dieting, but I just feel like I've given up. Or I want to quit dieting, but it feels like giving up. And it also comes up with clients. They're like, okay, well, sure. I'm, you know, doing these first stages of intuitive eating. I'm allowing all foods. I'm getting rid of food rules. I'm trying to make peace with food, but I just feel like I'm giving up because I'm just eating whatever I want. And like, I get it. I get it. You are programmed to see dieting as something that we're all supposed to be doing, particularly as women, like yay for the patriarchy. And society is constantly enforcing these unattainable, ever-changing beauty standards that just make us feel like we're not good enough, exactly as we are. So everywhere you turn, there are diets, there are lifestyle changes, diets rebranding themselves so they don't seem like diets, but are actually still diets. Diets that are recycled diets from 30 years ago with shiny new packaging. And there's people telling you that diets are bad, but you should lose weight, count calories, only eat at certain times or in certain quantities, blah, 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 blah. So of course, quitting dieting feels like giving up to you. Of course it does. Because what the heck else would it feel like? Like, what's the alternative? The opposite of dieting is not giving up, becoming permanently attached to your couch and living off Oreos and Doritos. The opposite of dieting is freedom. And if you feel like quitting dieting is giving up, you need to reframe it and work on your mindset. You're not giving up. You're seeking more out of your life. You're not giving up you're finding the version of health that suits you best. You're not giving up. You're listening to what your body actually needs. You're not giving up. You're opening up to endless possibilities in your life with all of that saved time and energy and brain space. And you're not giving up. You're choosing a path that is healthy for your mind, your body, and your soul. The only thing you're giving up is struggling with food and spending half your time on my fitness pal hating yourself and missing out on actually living. Like, come on, do we not want to give up those things? 
Actually, the, a couple of weeks ago, I had Eloise on the podcast, which if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen. She's amazing. And she spoke about how she had spent, you know, a year of her life really heavily dieting, really, you know, spending all of her time in the gym, focusing on being smaller and being that smaller version of herself, really. It was about losing weight. It was about dieting. And she said she'd spent, you know, a year or whatever it was doing that. She missed out on all the social occasions. She didn't go out with her friends. She couldn't go out to like restaurants or for dinner or anything like that because you can't do that when you're dieting. And then she said, and then the pandemic hit and she couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't, she was in Sydney. She couldn't go anywhere for like two years practically. And she said it made her realize like, what a waste of time. Why did I spend all that time, all that energy just focusing on dieting, focusing on food, focusing on my body and literally missing out on my life. And now I've got another two years of that. So like three years of her life wasted. Like, think about that. She said giving up basically, which, you know, she didn't phrase it as giving up because it's not giving up. But if we're talking about it in this context, giving up was the best thing she could have done because of how much she gained back. Okay. Let's talk about the five factors that are essential in my opinion, to becoming an intuitive eater. You already know number one. Number one is the title of the episode. And that is you need to lean in to overeating. And I know, I know it sucks. I know it freaks everyone out because that goes against everything we've been taught. It goes against everything we know to be, or we think we know to be good for us. The idea of being able to just like eat a whole packet of Tim Tams if we want to eat a whole packet of Tim Tams or being allowed to, having that freedom to, feels scary. It feels like, yeah, but this can't be good for me. It can't be good for me to be able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And in the beginning, we do. This is the thing that I think is important. Like, I don't know, I haven't met anyone, and I'm not to say there is no one, but I haven't met anyone who's become an intuitive eater and has just been able to flip the switch from dieting to intuitive eating without a period of overeating. And like, it makes sense that we do it because it's the first time that we've been allowed, you know, unfettered access to all of these foods. So of course we go a little bit ham. Of course we just want to eat everything in sight. Like that's realistically what happens. Our brain goes, oh my God, I've got permission. Go, 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 get it all in because she's going to take it away again. And, you know, this is what we see with the binge and restrict cycle as well. You guys are probably aware of this, that when your brain finally thinks it has access to things, when you allow it, it just wants to cram in as much as possible because it's convinced that you're going to take it away again. And that's fair enough because that's what you've done all the time in the past. That's what the pattern is. So, of course, your brain doesn't think we're going to have access to it forever. So there's a bit of an adjustment period and you need to lean into that. If you keep trying to restrict or hold yourself back in that initial period where you want to overeat, it's not going to work because you're still placing restriction on yourself. Even if it's mental restriction, if you're making yourself feel guilty for the amount that you're eating or for what you're eating, that's still mental restriction. And that can still hold you back on your intuitive eating journey. So you need to lean into it. You need to basically go, screw it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to eat whatever I want because I'm going to come out the other side. And I'm telling you now, you are not going to just constantly eat nonstop only McDonald's for the rest of your life. It's not going to happen. It is just straight up not going to happen. Now, the tricky thing I think about this part, it's just hard for people to get their head around is there's no time frame on this. I can't tell you 
yeah, it's three days of this and you'll be done or it's three weeks of this and you'll be done because there is no time frame. It's different for everyone. I'm sorry. I know that's not what you want to hear, but it might be quick, might be really quick for you or it might take a long time. I think for me, the big period of overeating and like, let's keep in mind, I was coming back from an eating disorder. So it was probably like the more extreme end of it. I think I probably had two weeks of just like going ham, going real ham, (laughs) like not wanting to eat any vegetables or salad or anything, purely going for pizza, going for Oreos, whatever it was. And like your period might be a couple of days or it might be long. So basically I'm not going to tell you that you won't overeat at the beginning of your intuitive eating journey. Cause like, that's just probably not true really. But what I want you to take away from this is that you will stop eventually. And that that overeating stage is actually necessary to the journey. Just interrupting this episode, but it's with a freebie, so I'm sure you'll forgive me. On Wednesday, 29th of May, I am hosting a free online masterclass called Beat the Binge. Come along to uncover the root cause of your binge eating and get my top four strategies to stop so that the only binging you do is on Netflix every Friday night. You can join me live for a Q&A after the masterclass and everyone who registers will get the replay recording delivered straight to their inbox. You'll also receive an epic workbook to support you on your journey to stop binging and to help you put everything into practice. I can also promise that this event will be 100% pitch free. It is all about the value and you will find no gatekeeping of the information from me. So are you in? Hit the link in the show notes to register now. Okay. Factor number two that is essential to becoming an intuitive eater is accepting that there are no rules. And this can be really, really hard when you've lived that dieting life for your whole life because diets are just all about rules. That's what a diet is. It's a whole bunch of rules. That's it. There's nothing else to it. So to then flip and go to something that has no rules, it's a really tricky mindset shift, I think, for a lot of people because it's like, well, hang on. Okay. But I'm allowed to eat everything, but like, how do, how do I rein myself in? Or like, what's the guidelines? Or, you know, a lot of people turn intuitive eating into the hunger and fullness diet because part of intuitive eating is tapping into your body and your hunger and fullness cues, which also can be really difficult to do when you've been dieting for a long time. For some people, those cues just aren't as strong or maybe feel like they're not even there at all. But for some people then they go, okay, so I need to eat when I'm between a three and a seven on the hunger scale. Where am I at? Preferably a five. Okay. Sitting there now, how am I? Am I a three? Am I a four? Am I, mm, maybe I'm a three, but maybe not quite a four yet. Okay. I'll wait a little bit. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed to eat yet because I'm like, no, that's not it. That is not it. That is turning it into a hunger and fullness diet. When there is rules about how hungry you have to be to be able to eat or how full you have to be exactly to stop eating, that turns it into a hunger and fullness diet. And that is also not what we want. Intuitive eating has no rules, which means you can't fail on intuitive eating, which I feel like is just a big like mind blown moment for a lot of people. When you finally realize that everything is a lesson, everything is a lesson. Everything teaches you something, which I love. I love this so much. It's so cool because it's like dieting is all about making you feel shit. Basically, like when you break a rule, you're a bad person. You have failed on the diet. That's the language that we use. There is no failing at intuitive eating. It's all the lesson. Like, does that not just feel like such a nicer, warmer, fuzzier feeling to you? Oh, I love it. 
Okay. The third thing is that you need to go all in on intuitive eating. You cannot be like holding out the sneaky little hope that intuitive eating is going to make you lose weight. Or you can't be thinking like, well, I'll try this, but if I gain X, Y, Z kilos, whatever it is to you, then I'm done. You can't do that. You can't see this as like one other thing to try and then I'll just go back and I'll do another diet if it doesn't work. And I'm putting that in bunny ears. You need to commit. You need to trust the process because intuitive eating, like I said, it's not about rules. It's about mindset. So like basically I think all of this comes back to mindset, which is something that I talk about a lot, that food and body relationships, it's all about mindset. Intuitive eating is all about mindset. It's all about what's going on in your head and in your body as well. So you need to really commit to it, to trust the process and not just see it as something else to tick off and then you go back and do something else because it's not, it's different. So going all in means shutting down that voice in your head that is like, oh, we'll just, you know, oh my God, we're putting away, should we stop? Or making it out to be something that it's not really. Going all in means committing and going, I am doing this. This is it. This is what's happening. Like I said in the last point, it's a journey. You can't fail at it. I'm just going to trust the process and I'm going to go for it. You have to go all in. And you know what? Like I've spoken to people in the past who haven't gone all in and are still, you know, focused on, say, for example, weighing themselves every day and then coming back and going, well, I've put on weight, so this isn't working for me. And like, that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. You need to let go of that. I spoke about that in the episode the other week about the idea of not being able to do like focus on intuitive eating and focus on weight loss at once. That was two episodes ago. If you want to go back and listen, if you missed that one, but you can't be doing that. You need to go all in. You need to commit. You need to trust the process. That is the biggest takeaway I think I can give you in this point. Okay. So the fourth factor that you need is you need to be able to get out of your comfort zone. I'm a big fan of getting out of the comfort zone. I am a big fan of the quote, feel the fear and do it anyway. It is on my office wall right in front of my face at the moment because it's just some of the best advice I think I've ever received in my life. And I think it's so applicable for intuitive eating because like we've said, intuitive eating is scary in the beginning. It feels scary. It feels overwhelming, but growth happens outside your comfort zone and you can't change if you're just staying comfortable and in your safe little space. You can't do it. And like in the beginning, yes, it feels scary. You've got food rules that you have to break, that you have to overcome. We've talked about in point one, you've got overeating that's probably going to pop up. There's that uncertainty where you don't really know how long this process is going to take. You don't know exactly how it's going to look because it's different for everyone. There's the chance that your body will change. Oh, that feels scary for a lot of people. If you haven't done all that body acceptance work yet, that can feel really scary and feel really icky for you as well. So you need to be able to get out of your comfort zone and getting out of your comfort zone is the best. I'm such a big fan of getting out of your comfort zone because that's how we build confidence. It's how we build self-trust. It's how we build self-belief. When you get out of your comfort zone, so let's say using the example of breaking a food rule. So say you've always had the rule that you can only have takeaway on the weekends. Weekends are for fun food. The week is for eating clean. Vomit emoji there. If that's been your food rule, and you break it and you order pizza on a Tuesday night, that can feel really scary to some people. That's getting out of your comfort zone. But when you do it and you eat pizza on a Tuesday, you realize, oh, I've just eaten pizza on a Tuesday. Pizza on a Tuesday is no different to any other day of the week. 
Pizza on a Tuesday doesn't magically have more calories than pizza on a Saturday. Pizza on a Tuesday doesn't make you any unhealthier than when you have pizza on a Saturday. Pizza on a Tuesday is just pizza on a Tuesday. It literally does not matter. And when you realize that and you realize the world hasn't ended, you're like, oh, okay, cool. That wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And now my comfort zone has grown a bit. I feel comfortable ordering pizza on a Tuesday now. (laughs) Maybe a Wednesday. Like when you get out of your comfort zone, you grow your comfort zone. And this is where then these big bad things that seem so scary, like so many parts of the intuitive eating journey, just become things that happen and they're fine. I like putting my scientist hat on when it comes to getting, I mean, I say this, I like putting my science hat on whenever I come to anything that I talk about on this podcast, basically like treat everything like an experiment. And I don't know why I love this so much because I hated science at school. I was not good at science at school. It was not a fun time, but put your scientist hat on, treat it as an experiment. What happens if I get out of my comfort zone? What happens if I do this thing? Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting how I'm feeling. It's interesting what's coming up for me. Let's learn some more about myself. Like that's a good approach, I think, to a lot of things. Okay. Now, thing number five that you need on your intuitive eating journey is support. And I'm sure, I'm sure you guys knew I was going to say this because it's really freaking hard to become an intuitive eater. If everyone in your life is saying, oh my God, I could never eat chocolate. It's basically poison. Or are you sure you need a second helping of dinner? Or wow, did you see how much weight Becky has put on recently? Like if this is your environment, And I know for a lot of people it is. I have so many clients. I talk to so many people who say, but the people in my life are not into this stuff. The people in my life are just peak diet culture and living in that. It's really hard to become an intuitive eater when that's what you're in. You need a supportive environment. And if you don't have one, if you don't have one in your life, if the people around you can't get on board with this, can't understand this, can't support you through this, you need to create one. You need to create a supportive environment for yourself. Maybe that is online. Maybe it's unfollowing anyone who makes you feel crap about yourself. Maybe it's going and curating your feed to look like people in different bodies, people who are on intuitive eating journeys, people who talk about intuitive eating, whatever it is, get that supportive environment. And the best thing you can do for support, say it with me, everyone, get a coach, get a professional, get someone who understands it, get someone who can help you through this journey because it makes it so much easier. Like this took me a really like intuitive eating took me a really, really long time to work out. And you guys know me. I'm a nerd. I read every book. I listened to every podcast. I did all the things and it still took me a really long time. And yet some of my clients, you know, a few months, bam, they're done. Basically they're good. Some of my clients, six months, some of them three months, like you can do it. And it's so much easier when you've got someone who's been through it who understands about it, who can be there to talk you off the ledge when you're like, oh my God, this is all too hard. I think I need to quit. No, you need people in your corner. You need people to back you up. And I'm sitting here with my hand movements because I'm passionate about this, guys. You know, I'm passionate about this. So get support, create a supportive environment for yourself. And I promise you, it will be so much easier, so much easier. Okay. So that is the five factors that you need on your journey to becoming an intuitive eater. And I wonder whether they were things you expected me to say, or maybe things you didn't expect me to say. But before we finish up, I'm going to talk about that balance, that elusive balance that we were talking about at the beginning. So how do we get to that balance part of becoming an intuitive eater? 
particularly when we've just spoken about how, you know, you have to lead into that overeating phase and that phase that doesn't feel the best in the beginning, because I know that you guys want to reach a state of balance. Like most people who go into being an intuitive eater aren't like, yes, I want to eat takeaway every single meal for the rest of my life. Most people don't want to do that. I haven't met anyone who wants to do that yet. Most people want to reach a state of balance of being able to nourish their body and give it what it needs for health and to feel good. And at the beginning of your intuitive eating journey, that like feeling good part is often tied to tasting good and to like getting rid of the restriction and getting rid of the rules. So it's only natural that you're pretty focused on the fun foods and getting into all the things that you weren't allowed before. So like I said before, you can't skip that part, but eventually once you're secure in being an intuitive eater, and I don't mean like this fully enlightened being at the end, I just mean once you don't have those restrictive or you're not feeling like you need to act on those restrictive thoughts that pop up, because you know what, they do still pop up sometimes. Eventually you reach that place where you can focus on what feels good overall in your body. So you can bring in gentle nutrition is what it's called in the intuitive eating space. And I love that gentle nutrition. It's not that like hard, rigid, yucky energy of diets. It's gentle, gently focusing on it. It's like a big fluffy cloud. And I've got quite a few clients actually experiencing this right now. They're reaching the phase where they're like, okay, I've done the overeating. I've done the, you know, I know that I'm allowed to eat everything. I know that I can eat, you know, whatever I want, whenever I want, but I'm not always making choices that actually make me feel the best that aren't necessarily aligning with what I want to be doing. I want to eat more vegetables. I want to eat food that fuels me to, you know, embark on a new fitness journey, for example. So a big thing that I've been talking a lot about lately is restriction versus discipline, I suppose. And I can't think of a better word for it. I don't love discipline as a word because like it still feels a bit diety, but It's making choices that are aligned with your values and the way that you want your body to feel. So instead of acting on, you know, every urge as we often do in the beginning of intuitive eating, where we're like, I could have some chocolate instead of acting on that every time it's pausing and going, okay, well, do I really need chocolate right now? And that need can be, you know, a physical need. That need can also be an emotional need or a mental need. But do I really need this right now? Do I really want this right now? It's like, yeah, that first initial reaction is, of course, I want chocolate right now. But then it's like, Once you actually stop and think about it, do I really want chocolate right now? So this is actually also something that, like I said at the beginning, I've been doing a bit of a coming back to, I suppose, yeah, coming back to those healthy habits, coming back to living more in alignment with my values. And this is something that's come up for me. I notice after dinner, I'm often like, I want something sweet. And that's still, that urge still pops up for me. And for a little while I've been, acting on that urge, not every time, but a lot of the time. And so over the last couple of nights, I've noticed that urge pop up after I have my dinner and I'm like, oh yeah, because I always, you guys know, always keep plenty of chocolate, plenty of, you know, fun foods in my house because I don't restrict them and having them there is a measure of safety for me as well. So anyway, had the urge to pop up and I was like, oh, I've got some Kit Kat gold in my cupboard. I could have a, a little line of that. It sounded like drugs. It's not. Chocolate is what I'm talking about. Little chocolate line. <laughs> um, so, God, Gemma. Um, yeah, so I had that idea pop into my head and I was like, oh, yeah, get cut gold. And then I stopped and was like, actually, I've just had dinner. 
I'm actually feeling like really comfortable right now, comfortably full. Do I really need chocolate right now? I'm going to be brushing my teeth and going to bed in like half an hour. Is there really any point in me having chocolate now when I'm just going to have that like minty freshness soon and I can't enjoy the taste of it in my mouth for a long time? Like, no, I probably don't actually need it. And then that's fine. Because I've reached this point, I can make that decision and I move on. I for- like I forget about it. Two seconds later, chocolate isn't even in my head anymore because I've made that decision. So you can make those choices that are aligned with your values and it doesn't have to be restriction. It doesn't have to be you not allowing yourself to have things. Because if I sat there then and said, no, I don't think I will have that Kit Kat. And then I couldn't get the Kit Kat out of my head and I kept thinking about it, trying to watch Netflix or read or whatever I was doing and then kept thinking about it, I would know, okay, that's fine. I probably am meant to have that right now. Have some, move on. It's fine. Whereas I don't always need it. So I can tap into that, but you can't do that in the beginning. I think it's really important to say, you can't do that at the start of intuitive eating because it gets too messy. It feels too diety. You need to get past that to when your mindset has truly like healed, I think is the right word. And then you can do that. Then you can bring some of that in. So if you're up to this stage and you're like, okay, I want some discipline without the restriction, then I've got a guide called five steps to stop snacking on sugar. And there's some tips in the moment that you can use in this guide if you're up to this stage, but there's also like, it's also actually suitable if you're just considering starting an intuitive eating journey, or maybe you're not even there yet, or maybe you've just started your intuitive eating journey and you feel out of control around sugar. Like this guide has tips for everyone. It's applicable at every stage really. So If you want some tips on how to kind of cope in the moment when you are wanting to reach for something that maybe doesn't align with your values, go and download this guide. It's a hundred percent free. I will pop it in the show notes for you. And I'm also just going to mention here that I've got something coming. It's a little while off. It's a little bit off, but it's coming for you. And if you are someone who struggles with the overeating side of intuitive eating, If you are someone who is looking to become an intuitive eater, but you need that support, like I said, because you know, it's really hard doing it alone. There is something coming soon, something new and improved. It's all hints I'm going to drop, but I'm so excited. I'm really, 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 really excited to bring this to you guys, because basically if you're listening to this podcast, you're someone who needs it really. Like if you stick this podcast out and you come and you listen to me talk every week and you listen to me share this kind of information and you're interested in it, this is going to be for you. So keep an eye out, keep listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you can hear all about it. I am very excited to bring this to you. It's yes. Exciting times, exciting times. Okay. Go and download that five steps to stop snacking on sugar. If you haven't already, Take a screenshot of this episode, share it to your stories, let more people find out about the podcast because I've had some great feedback lately and we need more people to find it. We need more intuitive eaters, guys. So help out your friends and family, get them on board, help them start loving the skin they're in, and I'll see you in the next episode.